was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And welcome to episode 53. <laughs> yes, sir. And this week, we're going to be talking about some lawsuits, and we're actually bringing back the breakdown. Hey. Yes. Yes, we are hey. going to be talking about somebody who's Cuban, somebody who is international, global, mad Grammys, 100 mil, just, the defo- you know what, we're talking about Pitbull. I don't, it, it's too much, it's, it's, it's too Major. much, it's too much to really list, right, but he has stayed relevant. He makes a lot of money. He's a speaker. He he does a lot. He does a lot. Moose, how do we feel about this man and this episode? Yeah, man. I mean, definitely a true icon. Dude's been around for quite a bit. I want to say nearly two decades and uh, still going strong. So, yeah, no, I'm excited to get into this one. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And you know what time it is, is review of the week. And I promised two. So we're going to read this a little bit quick. Okay. So the first one, you guys keep getting better and better. This was yet another great episode. You two did a great job with this one. And both of you killed it on stage. I like how y'all broke down E.T. situation with the Peloton. And you two plus Jamal were the MVPs of day two of 120 live keep raising the Mm. bar guys and i'm looking forward to seeing you in chicago and the second one is like the podcast in real life they are dope i went to 120 live conference and both were speaking crazy amazing nikki and moose took their time uh took the time to just answer questions and give me the game. Y'all are dope. And you have a forever supporter. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. And shout out to wow. everybody who left the review. Especially those who were at the 120 conference. And left the review right after. That was super fire. So salute to y'all. Salute to all our audio listeners. Video listeners. Or viewers. Viewers, yeah, not listeners. Mm-hmm. Well, listeners mm-hmm. and viewers. You know what I mean? Uh, s- salute to y'all. We appreciate you and everything you guys do. But, Moose, how are we feeling? Man, pretty good. I'm uh, I'm sitting back and I'm watching. I feel like we got a little Subway series going on. I see you with a Met jersey. You're wearing a Met. The Met colors. I'm repping the Yankees right now. But, uh, no, I'm good, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. And and you're from Queens, so I'm just I'm very confused. I know, you I know, never but I can't rock help it. Mets, never. I know, I know. You know, it's funny. I contemplated buying a Met hat uh, just two days ago, 
I was uh, I was at like Foot Locker, and I'm like, ah, yeah. I was like, yo, should I get a Met hat? Should I get? I was like, I want to get a new hat in general. And then I walked out getting none, but almost, almost. I thought about buying a Met hat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. low key, you wish you were from the Bronx. I don't know. I'm not really sure. No. It's like, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no offense against no. Uh, anyone from the Bronx, but uh, no, 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 no. I love Queens, man. Queens is my favorite borough by landslide. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, because yeah. I don't, don't see you rock greens. So I'm just saying. No, but I'm I a Knicks fan. Hmm? I mean, I, I wear the Knicks color, so I feel like That's Knicks, not Queens. You know. No. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? It's New York. What? Okay. But also, I also grew up playing baseball in the 90s, and that's when the Yankees were really dang good. They were. I'm talking about really good. They were. Yeah. They were. But yeah. I was still a Mets, Mets fan. I was Mets still. haven't been good in a minute. Even though I'm surprised at that. I thought you were a Yankee fan. We yeah. sucked. Yeah. Yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> horrible. So bad. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So bad. But so, it is what yeah. it is. Um, maybe people just get him a Mets hat or a shirt. Somebody. You know what I'm saying? A little something. Yeah. A little something. something. I don't know. But, um, quick update, because for some reason, I always let people know about this little weight thing, because when I went to Mexico, I said I gained seven mm-hmm. pounds, right? Mm-hmm. So, did you know, I actually lost weight in Atlanta. So, Fire. Mm-hmm. I think in total now, hold on, because I'm not giving the actual number, so hold on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not giving the actual number. Um, but I think I lost, hold on. We're at, I think, six pounds already. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, that's a good look, Nix. Yeah, that's so really good. So almost off of the Mexico vibe that was so long nice. ago because I'm going back to Mexico in October. Mm. Well, at the end of the month. Right. Right. So I can lose it and so I can gain it again. I don't know. I'm going to try to be better, but they have unlimited food. Like, that's, that's a, yeah, that's a whole different 24 experience. 7. I'm gonna be honest with you. The room yeah, service different. is whatever you want. Wow. So the room service doesn't even close. No. Wow. No. And come straight from the restaurant. Have a lot of discipline for that. Yeah, you gotta have a lot of discipline for that. That's different. I listen. I try to have discipline in Atlanta. It worked. I went mm-hmm. to Whole Food. I got all my juices. I had salad. I was good. They tried to feed me Chick Fil A. No, I did go to a Cuban spot and get some mm-hmm. uh, chicken and cheese empanadas and platanos. Nice, but that was still good. Yeah, but. I don't know about Mexico. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. I'm not. We shall see. We shall Stay see. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Pray for me. Pray for me. But let's get into this episode real quick, fast, in a hurry. Uh, this was requested. And we're going to talk about it a little bit, but not in the way that y'all probably think. Okay. So, R. Kelly is convicted of all counts after decades of accusations of abuse. Mm. 
I'm bringing this up for the simple fact of we always say that when we do something wrong, right, because we're humans, to make sure the work overpowers the bad thing. Now, in this case, that's not possible at all, right? And in our culture, it is almost to where some people refuse to listen to R. Kelly. I know I'm one of those people that are like, ah, I can't do it. I can't do it. I cannot support this man. Now, uh, interesting situation. When Ja Rule and Fat Joe did verses, they both have an R. Kelly track that if they played, would actually go. And they both didn't play it. And I was going through the track list and I'm like, hmm, uh, what is it? I can't even remember because I, I haven't listened mm-hmm. to R. Kelly for so long. I mean, and yeah. then I was like, oh, this is so like my thing is. Regardless of the situation, right, he's made amazing music and it is so sad that his personal uh, evils and, and vices and everything like that is not allowing a good amount of people to listen intelligently and just wanting to to the crazy catalog that he has because not only did he make his own music he also produced and written and all this great stuff and i'm like man like this is where an your craft we we fall in love with the craft right but you are still human and you're still mm-hmm. have to be held accountable for the wrongs that you do. And it's just unfortunate because like we try to separate, right? Like, for instance, I'm always gonna bring up Kanye. This is what I do. Um, Kanye has done some things we just don't agree about. We just right. not right. But we can always lean back on his music, like regardless of his his issues or his views. We look at his music and he's still a genius. But in this case, we can't lean on R. Kelly for his genius and what he has created. Well, at least some people, not everybody, because some people could still listen to R. Kelly and can separate the two. For me, I'm only speaking for me, that it's impossible. It's yeah. Re- it's like, how? Because when you listen to the music, you almost then start to think, was this inspired by one of those situations? And so it just crushes the brand. It crushes everything you created. And I'm like, yo. What? What? First off, why? Second, what you will never know. Second, do you do you also 
believe that based off, you know, what clearly has happened, does it completely destroy the catalog or it's safe to say that you could separate the two? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. In a situation like this, man, I think it's a very sensitive topic, yep. right? I mean, the fact, number one, the fact that it's survived for nearly a decade or more, you know, and that's the only thing that people link when they hear his name, it's, it lets you know it's a very serious issue. So I think off the top, on a, on a personal scale, that's just a reminder that there are some wrongs that you can't right. Like once you go down that path, there's just no coming back from it. And clearly what he did is one of them. The other side of it, and I'm not necessarily advocating for him, but I'm just thinking more so from a, a branding and business perspective. When I compare what you said about Kanye and I think about, you know, R. Kelly in particular, why is it that we're able to forgive Kanye? Well, Kanye kept producing. He took down the route of fashion, laid off of music, came back to music, and is now doing relatively well in both of them, yeah. right? So I think he made it difficult to stay angry at him because he produced more greatness that was just undeniable. And he also didn't... He did... Uh, he didn't... What's the word? I'm looking for? Something law. He didn't... Uh, Break the law. There you go. Why, why am I yeah, such in yeah, a blank? Yeah. I was like, something the law. <laughs> that thing with the yeah. law. He didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I, I mean, you think of even just other people. And, and again, this is... Look, and I, I don't want to talk about R. Kelly in particular because I just think that's a super delicate situation. Absolutely. But I do, I do want to speak to, like I said, just the branding and business in general. It's difficult for people to forgive you or say, you know what, I'm willing to give them another chance if you don't do more good after your mistake. And I think that's, that's the challenge here. It's that in the last 10 years, that's the only thing we've heard. That's the only thing that's been talked about when you hear his name. Had he at least attempted to do some form of good, whether it's maybe more music, a changed attitude, uh, something. Again, again and, and like I said, I don't want to say him because it's like, yo, are you trying to advocate for him? Look, I, I won't sign on that business deal. But I'm just saying that when you just look at it for black and white, it's difficult to come back to somebody after they've just been silent for an entire decade and they let the bad thing just be magnified all over the press. Big facts. Yeah. I said we're not going to touch too much, but... yeah. It was requested, and so it is what it is. Uh, on a positive note, his ex-wife follows me. Adrea, we love you. <laughs> but on to the next one, which I found very funny, and we can make this into a quick little lesson. Uh, DJ Envy uh, from The Breakfast Club is being sued uh, by Coachella. Okay. Uh, I think this year or last year, he changed his car show and called it Carcella. And he actually was on The Breakfast Club um, not too long ago speaking about it, saying, hey, um, I asked my lawyers. I have lawyers in several states. I asked them. They said it shouldn't be a problem. Uh, Charlemagne said I'm going to get sued. And come to find out, get sued. 
But my lawyers say, uh, I have a good chance. Like, I have a good chance. And if we win, this is actually great for a lot of small businesses. And the funny thing is that uh, Angela and, and Charlemagne was like, yo, just, just change the name. It's not even that deep. It really, right. you, you, the font's the same. The the cello like it's it's too similar, right? Um, but DJ Envy like went through the trademark, all that great stuff, and it got approved. Um, but still got sued. So I wanted to bring this up because there's a lot of people who are starting new businesses or starting new products, ventures, things like that, and it's almost impossible to come up with a name that isn't used. Mm -hmm. Like the names that we instantly come up with, we look it up, it's trademarked, the website's taken. If we do find the website, it costs $10,000. It's just, wait, what? So how am I supposed, so am I supposed to say, um, if I wanted to do New York, I'm supposed to put, uh, N and then the E, but is a three, like the, mm. the common, you always want to think about names as something that people could easily spell and easily say, but those are all taken. Yeah. So now if I could spin off of something that people already know, and then just put like combined it because it's already taken, but I'm not necessarily taking that particular name. What's the problem? Now, I say just stay clear of it. Like, with all, if you can, just stay far, far away. I, I, me and my team struggle with names all the time. All the time. Mm -hmm. To the point where the, the best practice is, like, you have to come up with, like, three words, right? I'm coming up with four or five words. You just whatever. Yeah. I don't really care anymore because it's all taken. So I wanted your take on this where should he fight for it? And what is your experiences with trying to figure out a name and this, that, and the third? Because I'll give my example of the whole beast mode thing and how I had to change my yeah. name. Yeah, I still remember that. I mean, but you know what? This too reminds me of the Michael B. Jordan situation because mm. that was a similar conversation where he named his brand, uh, I think, not necessarily something that was already used, but it just had different meaning and a different culture. Yeah. And that created kind of some backlash. So it reminds me of a very similar situation. But when it comes to this one, I don't know that it's worth it, right? Like when I think of DJ Envy, I don't necessarily think of car shows, so if it was something down your lane, like it's what you're known for, it's your specialty, it's what makes you you, by all means, maybe it's worth the legal battle because mm -hmm. you're like, hey, this is about DJing, this is about radio show, this is about music. Then I would say, you know what? Yep, I'm with you. Put your dollars behind it. Get that name because it is what makes you you or you've contributed enough to that industry. You want that all back. Right. But something in the... Something as it relates to cars, that seems to me, at least the way I've seen him talk about it and brand it, it's more of a hobby Yes, that he's turned into an event that I don't know, Nick's, that it's worth 
going into a legal battle right. to get it straightened out. You know, and I think the other part that shows that it, the idea or the name might lack some level of originality is, well, it's it's using the same font. You know, like if it was like, nah, it was an honest, just kind of name, maybe, I don't know, subconsciously I was I was thinking of the concert and thought it'd be a good idea to bridge the two together. But the fact that the font is also very similar, it lets you know that you intentionally wanted to ride off of that, you know, idea with, with Coachella, of course. And that's kind of what created that. So I don't know. For me, I say when you're going into it, if it's if it's in your industry, it's what you're known for. I think in that case, yeah, you can justify a legal battle. But if it's a hobby, I don't know that it's worth it. Well, I think when when we think of envy, of course, we think of I think in this order, Breakfast Club, uh, DJ clearly. Real mm-hmm. estate and then cars, because he does have a good amount yeah, of cars. Yeah. And he he is no like you say, as a hobby and how ha- and monetized his hobby with the cars. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I, I think with it being a hobby and you know, though he is definitely respected in the car community, it, it doesn't out weigh the uh, power that you have with the breakfast club and, you know, with real estate, things like that. If it was a name you came up with for them, absolutely. But if it's for a hobby, I I would, I would have to agree. Cause I mean, listen, and, and, and like I said, I had to change my business name from the beginning. We were called beast mode digital. Ain't nobody was called Beast Mode Digital. Now, Beast Mode was taken. Marshawn Lynch trademarked it, all that great oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there wasn't anything towards a media space. And that's where how some of these people are able to trademark and use these names. Because if it's done in a different industry, you can still do it. Now, somebody mm-hmm. had a similar, not the same, not exactly Beast Mode Digital, but something similar that if we was to trademark it, it could, like, depending who their lawyers are, it could be an issue. And that's what I found out from a legal standpoint. It really just depends how serious they want to get it. Like, are they that anal that they want to stick lawyers on you? Depending how big you grow and, you know, and I'm like, so this isn't even really a true requirement. This is just more if they feel annoyed that day and they feel like you're a threat, then they'll stick the lawyers out on you. Yeah. I don't like legal. Yeah. No, I just, make, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think, I think you know, what's funny is that as I think, I, I thought about your situation as it relates to the name. Yeah. And I feel like, the fact that you extended the name a little bit, it actually gives more context to what you do. So in a way, I think, you know, it's been beneficial. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see what happens on that side. Mm, well, that was deeper than the brand. But Envy, uh, DJ Envy, uh, if you ever listen to this podcast, we appreciate you. The car- cartel looked amazing. But... 
we agree with your co-host. Just change the name. We'll be there anyways. Doesn't matter about the name. It's what you do. And you do it very well. So, just change the name. Did you see, uh, side note, did you see that he is doing, he's going back to his seminars in real estate and Jamal King is going to be part of the seminar? I'm just saying. I I sure did. I sure did. I'm like, oh, our our very own Black Panther. Right. uh, And it's in New York. I'm like, oh, that's uh, that's a a must support. So, yeah, now that's major. That's super major. May have to. I may have to show up. I may have to. I may have to pull up. Yeah. yeah, I may have to show love. But the problem with me showing love is that they expect me to work. Sometimes I just want to uh, show love. Can I just be there as an attendee? Right. Can I just help out? They're like, Nikki, capture this. And I'm like, this is why I don't show up. So it's not that I'm not supportive. I just don't feel like working. Like, I can never yeah. go to a place with E. Never just to be like, I just want to be supportive. There's no way. There's absolutely no right. way. And it's the same with Maul. Maul's going to be like, hey, Nikki, did you capture that? No. No, I didn't. <laughs> I want to be a human. Can I be a human? Anyway. Right. I'm just saying. That's just how I feel. But, so it happens when you're good at what you do, man. I guess there is, uh, it's difficult to take off. I know. I know. Um, last part of. What's popping is going to be very quick. Uh, it just proves that anything is possible. All right. If y'all can remember a few episodes back, we were talking about Gary V and the whole NFT project that he has with V friends. Well, those little doodles that we were talking about that had already sold millions digitally. He now sold five of those. Those those doodles, not digital, literally doodled them, handed it to Christie Auction, which is a huge art auction, right? And he made $1.2 million. <laughs> For our YouTube viewers, you can see a little bit of it, right? Of the parrot. We've shown it, like I said, go back to that episode. We've shown some of the the drawings, they're, they're really just doodles. They're legit doodles. A five-year-old can do better. But I got to respect Gary V for this one because he literally said, look, anything is possible with this digital world and with this whole NFT thing. So let me show you that I can create my own little Disney world off of trash looking characters because it symbolizes something deeper than what is face value. For that, I gotta say it's genius. For that, not, like I said, not from the face value of how they look, but the fact that he took this idea and was able to already capitalize on it in a very new market with NFTs. And then said, you know what? I saw one of my favorite artists, uh, Beeple, already sell his on Christie's for 60-something million dollars. Mm -hmm. Who's to say that this particular drawing to someone is art? 
and they won't buy it as well. And in which they yeah. did, like he did a live about it and it was like, you could hear 50,000, 60,000. It makes you sit and think like, why am I not doodling? Why are there certain things that I overthink and that I think are not going to work when clearly he makes everything possible? And he, that Logan Paul, the Paul brother, the, they make everything possible. We're in a generation and an age that as cliche as it sounds, anything is possible. And so instead of just like, nah, this is not going to work. Try it. Try it. You right. can make $1.2 million off of mm. a, you doodling on some stuff. Tie a shoe, make it look dope. I don't know. It's, Mm -hmm. We're just in the different because this couldn't happen. This couldn't happen before. No, it, no, no, no. Absolutely there's no not. way. Absolutely no. not. But yeah, no, I mean. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. Like shout shouts out to him for, I think as of late, he's really been passionate about like, yo, let me show you how I can simplify it and still, and still hit the mark. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's been cool to kind of see him do that with the garage sales and, you know, some of these different ideas, but to break it down to that, that's next level. What, what I will, what I do want to say quickly too, is I hope people don't overlook how long he's been serving and putting out content for yes. though. Yes. You know, like he was one of the first people on Twitter, I think to reach a million followers. Uh, so he's been online for a very long time. So that just shows that if you can just be committed to the long haul journey of this thing and, and really say, you know what, I'm going to serve my audience. I'm going to serve my community. I'm going to be dedicated to just documenting my journey. You, it's not far-fetched to say that there's going to be another platform or another technology or something else that releases sometime down the line that your people are going to spike the value up of it. Because what's the difference between you know, somebody to do somebody just doing a quick doodle like that and a Gary V doodle, is that to say that theirs is gonna sell for 1.2 mm -hmm. as well? Well, no. The the value of the audience, the value of the community is yeah. what spiked it. Right. So I think I think that I just don't want people to overlook like, wow, like just a doodle sold for that much money. No, the value is in serving the community, yep. staying consistent for over a decade, right? Continuing to show up and adapt to the different trends and the different platforms. And of course, I, I, I want to say that having a team makes it easier, but that's a part of somebody wanting to invest back into, right, this content space or this medium to keep making it bigger and bigger. So yeah, I think it's important to highlight that piece too, Nick. Yeah. And you, you touched on something really important. It's like, there are people who is rooting for him. Like he has built the community, but there is also just people that are just really rooting for people who are just putting themselves out there and trying right. something new. Like right. I, I could, I could imagine that maybe one of those buyers were just somebody who just respected the movement. Like I see what you're doing. And you're making kids think that anything that they could create Disney, like it, it just wasn't one man. Like you can make mm -hmm. characters too. 
And so yeah. I, I support that. So let me, whatever I can do to support it. And that's, I think also that's what's really good about now is that there's more people who honestly will support you than necessarily hate on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's very shocking once you put yourself out there. There may be some doubters. Absolutely. There's doubters everywhere. But there are a lot more people who just want to see you win than necessarily, like, try to stop you from, uh, by any means, especially yeah, right. if, it's, if it's good, if it's yeah, no, that's right. creative. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I agree. Shout out to Gary V. Um, you, you're making everybody inspired off of the doodles because i was even yeah. like all right i'm doing something wrong there's Come something on. wrong i don't know stick figures yeah all right right <laughs> but let's get into this breakdown pitbull uh worth 100 mil wow different businesses like he has his own chain of restaurants vodka tequila um cruise lines his mm. own media company. I don't know what this man does not do. Wow. As well as being one of the best crossover uh, artists. Because went from pure rap to a whole international star that is always on New Year's with a new song. Like, right. why, why do you... Right. How old are you, sir? Wait, wait. Seriously. Seriously. Super relevant. Don't get it. Yeah. Don't understand it, right? But Moose sent me a uh, a clip on Instagram that was like, you know what? We need to bring back some of these breakdowns because Pitbull doesn't get the flowers that he truly deserves. Mm-hmm. So at least over here, we're going to do it. So let's show the clip that inspired this whole, this whole, whole breakdown. Where when people talk about a household name and when you work so hard to get to a certain level, you Google Pitbull right now. I come up before the dog. Goddamn. Mm. <laughs> really that's quick, a bar. Quick and simple. Come up before oh, the dog. Oh man, that's a bar. Yeah, Moose that's started a off. Bar. Yeah, my man said obviously, and 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 for those who uh, didn't catch it, his name is Pitbull, like the dog. Yep. But he's saying that he's putting so much work into the industry and become a household name that when you Google Pitbull, he, the artist, comes up before the dog, the Pitbull breed, which is just crazy. Like, I mean, outside of the fact that that's a super bar, right? Uh, I'm looking I love it up right now. That, I'm looking at yeah, it yeah, no, right now. That's great. Yeah, test that for us. Let's make sure that that actually yep. is verified. Hold on, hold on. It does? Let me wow. see if I put Pitbull. Hold up. Y'all can see it. Huh? That's crazy. No dogs. No dogs. Yeah. Just a Cuban. Yeah. Just a Cuban. And, and, <laughs> and not for nothing, you, you're talking about the Western world that is absolute dog lovers. You know what I'm saying? Like you're right. talking about a, a, a society that loves uh, pets and you're able to come up ahead of them. So, no, my point is, man, like you got to you got to really think big picture for something like that, right? Like it, that means there's consistent work that has gone into it. 
that he's so relevant. So like when you heard us talk about some of these examples previous with using R. Kelly and, and some of these other people, like clearly here's someone on the other end of the spectrum that I don't, I don't know that you've heard of any scandals or any accusations or any craziness tied to Pitbull's name, right. but just headstrong, head down, continuing to work, continuing to work. And then you look up and you hear something like this on an interview and it's like, dang, it makes us feel like, yo, we've probably underappreciated this guy's artistry and his talent a little bit. Let's kind of go back and pay tribute. So now nah, for me, I just heard that and I'm like, okay, that's fire. <laughs> we mm-hmm. gotta, we might need to, we might need to touch on that. But it's also crazy because going back to something that I said at 120, it's like, what is the work that you're doing that populates on Google? Right? Like in all actuality, Google is just curating other people's content. It just puts it in one central hub about who you are. And people totally understood that and was like, you know what? I'm going to control what Google says about Pitbull. I'm not going to let the dog beat me. Like when you look up this particular name, I'm going to come up based off the music I've made, the business moves I've done, the people I've helped. He've opened schools, you know, um, just staying relevant throughout the years. And it, and I look at that like, yo, you are in true control of what the world sees about you because of your work ethic. Like you don't allow other people to narrate your own story. You narrate that based off your work ethic. So I love the particular clip that you just gave me because it's like, it totally goes with what I said with, yo, you're the, you, you control what Google comes up with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to sit there and say, I, I beat a, a very popular animal, a very oh, right. popular animal. I was just a, a, a Cuban in Miami, loved to rap, and now I'm this. I think that's, mm-hmm. I think that's great. Yeah, not big facts. But then, so I realized that was on Drink Champs, and I mm-hmm. looked more into that interview. Shout out to Drink Champs. Y'all have one best interview podcast out there hands down give you that right um but he was talking about the views and being on other people's platforms and how we need to control more of that somehow some way so this is what he said in drink Mm -hmm. i got close to at this point 20 billion views on YouTube, official, that. right? But that. if I had a, bo- a dollar, a dollar. And I appreciate y'all clapping it up, but y'all being some Miami boys at this point, right. clap it up when each one of them are worth a dollar and I come back with $20 billion. So it's a bunch of views to make some other company a bunch of bread. Mm-hmm. That at the end of the day, we're the driving force. So it goes back to that independent mentality. It goes mm-hmm. back to what Luke drove in me. We can run a network. We can run them boys this to cut a certain deal but everybody's so caught up in this vanity and this bull mm. that if you look at the, the names it's called followers and likes i've never been around followers and likes i've been around leaders and unique i run around that's different mm. 
Listen. Listen. Hmm. Ah. Um. Let me start this one off. So, first off, the vanity metrics is a real thing. We we get very hype, and, and he has all reason to be hype. What he said, ten billion, like twenty, twenty, yeah, twenty, 20 billion, billion, not yeah. not thousands, not hundred thousands, not millions, billions, right? Just on YouTube, that has nothing to do with streaming. That has nothing to do with the social, other social media platforms. That's just on YouTube, which is crazy. And to even understand that because you have that amount, you probably don't even get paid the true value that it's worth because it's on somebody else's platform that does understand paying creators but doesn't give them their worth. So now. He's looking at his, okay, I can't get the bread here. Now I got to become independent. So this is when, now he's an independent artist. But before, he clearly was on a, on a record label. And, you know, things had to be dished out where he still doesn't get the amount of money that he truly deserves. He took his own route and... Now he could look at YouTube like, that's cool, but I should be getting possibly a dollar or more off of each stream. Now, if I got that, it makes sense. So why don't we all come together as artists, as what are podcasters, uh, entrepreneurs, let's all come together and create our own network and bring all the money back to us Instead of always relying on these different platforms. Now, we could get very caught up because, yeah, YouTube has paid people millions of dollars. We, we've went over where an eight-year-old, a nine-year-old has made millions of dollars. TikTok, teenagers are making millions of dollars. Facebook, we talked about how Country Wayne was making a guap of money based off it. So, but we, like he said, is the driving force of their traffic, of the reason why they even have money to even dish out to creators, because without us, they're nothing. The funny thing is he broke it down to, there's only two places that reference peoples as users. And that's social media and the drug game. Mm. Crazy. Wow. Right. Wow. Wow. So in social media, they actually downplay who we are by calling us users and followers. Right. But in real life, we're not called that. Mm. In real life, we're supposed to understand our true titles and our true worth. But in social media, we're only looked at as these two particular things, right? And he, they were referencing, what was it, that Netflix thing, Social Dilemma or something like that? I think yeah, he made yeah, me yeah. watch it. Um, yeah. And the fact that social media keeps us such in a high, and he was like, look, 
I was on Instagram before Instagram was there. Somebody gave me 20. I gave a, a Instagram. I was like, oh, you're dumb. You're dumb. You're dumb. Stop it. Mm. Stop it. But he was like, that same gram made the person high. These platforms are keeping them there, keeping them in a digital high. And I'm like, you got mm. a point, sir. You have a point. Yeah. As much Everybody as I love social it. media, mm-hmm. you have a point. But what can we do? And this is where I want to have a conversation. What can we do that we then take back the power and get our true value? Like, I know there is uh, a platform called Fanbase that is trying to truly give creators what they're worth based off their their content. So I think it was Isaac Hayes III who created this platform and every feature that you've seen, whether it's from the audio from Clubhouse, lives, post, right? He's like, you're able to monetize it all. So instead of wanting followers, you're literally getting paid from your fans. Like you want fans, you want a tribe, you don't want followers. Followers are just going to watch whatever you want to do. But I rather have a strong thousand fans that pay for my content than hundreds and hundreds of thousands that just look at it. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to see like how passionate Pitbull is about it. And it makes sense because of all the, the ventures and the deals that he's done. He understands yeah. the influence and he understands yeah. the power of what he's done. Right. But I'm like, how can we change that? Yeah. So let me let me kind of give you a couple of my points, right? Even before we speak to the how, right? Because mm-hmm. I've thought about this for a while and wanting to be in like my politically correct self or my politically correct ways, I've kind of refrained from saying it. Okay. And I don't mean this in a bad way. So I hope it's not, you know, taken out of context for those who know me. But I do believe that to some extent, social media is the modern day slavery. All right. And let me tell you why I say that. Let me tell you why I say that, which sounds crazy. Drink hard on that yeah, one. <laughs> but let me tell you why. Yeah. But let me tell you why. The reason is when you think of like those historical times and not to compare something that's like way uh, crazy for some people to what it is, but it was just free labor. Yeah. Right. Free labor or labor that was extremely underpaid. Mm-hmm. So when you think about today. And we did this one time on one of our lives where we were like joking around and looking into our analytics and our screen time to see how much time was spent on social media. And granted, to some extent, to a large extent, especially more so for you than I, you make a living using social. Yes. Right. But but to think about what these vanity metrics have done to the human psyche or just to everyday people, you have become so engraved into social. Right. And you've put so much time into creating content for social and to thinking about how you're going to appear on social or or how to utilize these platforms. And you're not getting paid for the most part, for Mm -hmm. for, at least in the beginning, you're not getting paid. And for some of the very few creators who do hit that mark, even with some of the bonuses for the lives 
or some of the badges, yeah. it's still not worth the value of that creator's time or talent. So when I look at it, it's like, yo, but what are they doing? They're able to utilize all of these metrics to get you to spend a lot of time on the platform, to get more people to watch things on the platform with you, especially when you're sharing you know, content or videos or sending someone a meme. So they've almost employed you for free. Mm-hmm. Now, few people, a little bit like a select few, are able to get smart and say, you know what? I'm going to monetize the attention and whether I'm going to use it as a business channel, I'm going to take the opportunity to really leverage what most people are doing or coming for a select group of people who might be coming for education, entertainment, some, some, some form of something to make more of it, which is great. Now, to get to the final part of it, which is you're saying, like, how do we do it? I think more and, and, and it almost relies on the community's backing but more of us need to create our own platforms and or studios. Right. So I think of someone like Kev on stage yeah. who took a huge leap to say, you know what, I'm going to start my own almost like company or production company, like a studio to create all of this stuff for myself. But the second piece of that for it to successfully happen and people to start to finally get monetized for their time and their talent, Mm -hmm. the community needs to start backing that now. It's to say, you know what? I'm going to invest in something, although I can get it for cheaper or less less money over here because of the idea of I want to break the system that historically has kept that huge pay gap where a big company can take advantage of your 20 billion views but you're only worth $100 million. Right. So, so when, you, when you weigh it, and then, of course, you're going to have those people who are like, oh, but if you came from nothing, $100 million is a great come up. Yeah. So it, like, it's, it's going to be a nev- almost a never-ending debate. But to me, I just think if we're looking to level the playing field, it's got to get to that point where we're starting to say, all right, create your own, start your own platform or production, and... We, we need to, as a society or even just as everyday consumers, we need to start appreciating and respecting people who do that and not necessarily keep, you know, the attention on the big three, the Facebook, the TikTok, the Instagram, whatever the case may be. So, again, extreme example, but, but, but to some extent, you've got to think about it like, yo, what's the difference? There's a lot of us who are putting so much time and effort and, and all we're doing is helping them to promote their platform and their channels to make it bigger but we're not getting our fair share. Right. And that's why I can respect platforms like a Patreon fan base. Yeah. I know uh, one came up to me, Vibely. Like there's just these different platforms to allow content creators to make the money that they possibly deserve. And they only take a small percentage or a mm-hmm. flat fee of some sort. So there is ways. And I, and this thing, like, as much of a social media person that I am, I respect everybody has to get paid, right? Sure. If yeah. I'm, if I'm yeah. letting you do this for free, you know, of course, like, it's probably not going to be much of your favor. It's really about understanding how to leverage it. How do you take this free platform and how do you leverage the attention to get them off of it eventually? 
right? Yeah. And so if you could master that, you can be able to appreciate the free, but create a paid. Like mm. you have, and, and just content creators altogether rule the world in in this year, right? In past years, but definitely this year. And so we're we're looking at content from how the moon rises to uh, how a zebra is waking up to a man trying to uh, capture an alligator in a uh, garbage in man. a garbage can. Wild, <laughs> right? Absolutely wild. I, I hope yeah. y'all guys saw that Isaiah in their social media clips. Find that out for me, right? But everything is content. This is what we live off of. Those people who are producing it have a huge amount of power and leverage that most of them do not truly understand and need to tap into and find different ways to create a paywall that I understand I need this platform, but I make my money off of this platform. That's real. And sometimes it doesn't always. Now, the goal is to create your own system. Absolutely. Absolutely. But there are platforms until then, like I said, uh, a Patreon and a, and a fan base that will help you get some coins until possibly you have your own app, possibly till you have your own website with a membership, uh, you know, option. Yeah. Those are types goals for content creators. But everybody is making money off of social media. You just have to be smart on how. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? But last clip of the day, night, afternoon, whenever you listen to this or watch this. Uh, I did this for Moose. It's a little structured. You know what I mean? Um, I'm going to talk about success. Yes, yeah, success. And what is uh, Pitbull's uh, meaning or pathway to success. And I have these three steps of success. I was just talking about them in the other room. And you start with succeed. Succeed is to make it. Everybody says it's the easy part. It's the easiest part, but it's not easy. Okay. Success is the second part, which is maintain it. That's the tough part. And once you understand how to do all that, then you become successful, right? But in those three words, if you look at them, they all have the words suck. Because the more you grow, the more they suck. Facts. Moose, what you think? I love it. I I love it. I love it. Yeah, I was just looking up something on my phone because I took a screenshot of this actually. I don't know if it was last week or the week before, Mm -hmm. but, you know, we've been following the stock market you know, at least least consistently for for quite some time. And it said uh, the 500 richest people in the world lost the combined $135 billion. Elon Musk alone lost $7.2 billion, mm. right? And that's in one day, in one day when the stocks crashed. So, so when, I, when I think of, you know, when I hear that, you know, with, with what people share, it's like, yo, it's true. What we don't account for sometimes is that for for these individuals to make big gain, yeah. they also take the biggest losses. Mm. You got to think about that to, to, 
cat like to close the day and be like, oh, you know, today was a rough day. Oh man, what happened? Oh yeah, I lost seven bill. Mm. That's a different kind of talk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and and I think that's the part that we gotta start thinking about. Like, okay, if you wanna play on a certain level, that's what that's why I respect people like Pitbull. Like, you you're you got a hundred million dollars net worth and you're saying, but based on what I'm calculating, I should really be up to 20 billion. And it's like, okay, that's a different level of thinking. That's just a different way of seeing the world to, to know how to evaluate your situation and your circumstance and say, nope, even if I have a lot, I know what I truly deserve. And even if I don't have so much, or whatever the case may be, I, I take a lot of loss, but I'm still able to carry the weight, carry the burden and keep going. So for me, when I see stuff like that, it's just like, if you want to be a heavy hitter, you just got to get the shoulders up a little bit, like be ready to carry the weight. That's great. That's heavy talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's heavy yeah. talk. I, yikes. I, I think the one thing that stood out to me was the maintaining part, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he said it like it's not, it's not hard to, not, not hard, but it's not impossible to succeed. It's the maintaining part that we see time and time. People could shoot all the way up, but can they stay consistent? Can they maintain that success? You may get six, seven figures one time for the one time, but can you keep it? That's hmm. where if you really master that, that's, that's the successful part because I believe, and let me be cliche with, if we put our minds to anything, we can get there, right? That's real. Proper That's real. resources, pop, proper connections, like money isn't hard to make. However, to keep it, we look at um, lottery winners, people who get those million dollar joints and they become broke because they don't know how to maintain these riches when they receive it so quickly. So I actually have a question for you of like, from your level of success so far, how do you maintain? Like what is one thing that you've learned to help maintain the status that you have? Yeah, I think it's two things for me. The first one is don't stop doing what you did to get you there, mm. All right? So like each of us, we've done something, right, that got us to that level of success. Yeah. It becomes very easy to stop doing that very same thing. For one, we might think we're better mm -hmm. or we're bigger or we don't got to do that anymore because we're on another level. But I truly believe that no matter what level of success you get to, there's something about you, right, that, or what you did that allowed you to achieve that type of success. So to some extent, yeah, you got to delegate, yeah, you got to expand, yeah, you got to scale, but, but continue to do the thing that you can, that you did originally to get, to attract the success. That's the simplest way I'll say it. And I think the other one is stay close to the details, mm -hmm. right? Like I can't tell you how many times I've worked with certain individuals and I tell them, Hey, uh, what are your numbers like? And by numbers, I mean, like, what are the 
actual figures of what checks you cash, what's coming in, what's going out. And they have no idea. Like, right. And it's not about the money. Like, I'm not just making it about monetary things. But you got to still be diligent over what you've been trusted with, right? Mm-hmm. Like you got to actually care and nurture for what you have. But you can't just, you know, expect to continue to attain a certain level of success without nurturing it, without feeding it, without caring for what you have and what you develop. So I think it's really those two simple things, Nick, is, is do what you did that got you there. And when you're there, continue to care for it. Like don't become reckless with it. You know, don't become lazy with it, like continue to care and, and, and monitor what's happening because you never want to catch a mistake too late because some of those you don't, you know, you can't bounce back from. There you go, people. There you go. Look, do me a favor. All right. Do me a favor. Let us know how this episode was. Okay. Let us hmm. know. Leave a review. Write it back. Yeah. Leave, just leave a review real quick. Follow us everywhere at Nikki and Moose, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. We're also on LinkedIn. Go follow us there every Tuesday, right? Every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. I almost said Central. 7 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. West Coast time, right? We do a YouTube live just for y'all. Come hang out with us. And of course, join, if you listen all the way, you know the after show is coming up, okay? The after show is coming up. Get to know our real thoughts. You get to hear more strategies, more tips, some things you never heard before. Go, and it's only for Apple Podcasts, okay? Sorry, other people. We're working on it at this moment. But Apple Podcasts, listen to the after show. It drops every Wednesday, Wednesday night, okay? Every Wednesday night, you get a new after show. So do that, but Moose, final words. Yeah, I want to bring this one back, man. I mean, I might have said it on the show. If I haven't, I want to bring it back. But I I came across something that said the difference between who you are and who you want to be is what you do. The difference between who you are and who you want to be is what you do. Now, I want to remind you today, whenever you're listening to this for this week, to catch the moment between what happens to you and how you respond to it. Because for many of us, we think that there's a, just an automatic feature that we just got to respond the same way every single time. But we have a power. We have a power, and that power is to choose. So when you want to decide, choose greatness. <laughs>